this is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm John Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. Another cloudy day in store. There is a small chance for snow across northwest and north-central North Dakota this evening through tomorrow afternoon. The snow is expected to remain north of Highway 200. Patchy freezing rain is expected in portions of central South Dakota tonight with more significant snow in southern South Dakota possible on Wednesday. No surprises over the weekend for South American weather. Southern Brazil will receive much-needed rain this week. Favorable crop development weather is expected across northern Brazil. Argentina has seen an improvement in moisture over the past week, and that trend is expected to continue into next week. The United States made a series of strikes yesterday in an area controlled by the Houthi rebels in Yemen. The military action took out missiles and other devices that reportedly were going to be used to target ships in the Red Sea. The Red Sea normally handles 12% of global maritime trade, but many ships are being diverted around the area to avoid the attacks. Freight rates and insurance premiums are increasing due to the volatility in that part of the world. The ongoing farm protests in Europe have resulted in a significant policy change. European Union has dropped plans to cut pesticide use in half and excluded agriculture from a required 90% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by 2040. Farmers in France, Belgium, Portugal, Greece, Spain, Poland, and Germany have been protesting the EU Green Deal and the threat of increased competition. Farm groups are also calling for the resignation of the EU Agriculture Commissioner. The Minnesota legislative session begins today. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Minnesota Farmers Union Vice President Ann Schwagel says MFU will stay focused on several issues throughout this legislative session, including right to repair. You know, we want not have to drive as far to our local dealers as implement dealers continue to consolidate. And, you know, when it comes to that crunch time of planting and harvest, we need to be able to have access to repair uh, shops closer to us and closer to the farm and uh, able to access farmers when, it, when that time crunch is there. MFU looks to continue the AGRI program. The Minnesota Department of Ag's budget for their AGRI program, which funds the Board of Animal Health, it funds the Ag Utilization Research Institute, and a lot of other programs that were re that really help farmers and help keep a resilient food system. The program is due to expire in 2025. We want to make sure that that continues to be funded. Climate resilience is a key issue for Minnesota Farmers Union. Schwagel says this type of legislation keeps rural communities strong. Continuing to expand voluntary programs that incentivize on-the-ground climate resilience practices for farmers. That includes the Ag Water Quality Certification Program, their Soil Health Financial Assistance Grant Program, and expanding the Department of Ag's Green Fertilizer Production Incentive so that farmers can maintain ownership of locally created green fertilizers. We want vibrant rural communities. We want schools with lots of kids in them. That's how we keep rural communities alive. And that's, you know, is by keeping more money in our local economy. 
Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. A bill to repeal $7.5 million in state funding for South Dakota State University to build a new dairy research facil uh, facility overwhelmingly passed in the state house and is on its way to a Senate committee. This funding passed three years ago, but SDSU was unable to raise outside money for the project. The Dairy Research and Training Center is scheduled to close at the end of June. In 2020, direct government farm payments totaled $45.5 billion. That dropped to $15.5 billion in 2022, $12 billion last year. USDA Chief Economist Seth Myers forecasting another decline. Direct government payments will contract again in 2024, and that gives you an overall kind of direct government payment intervention total there of below the long-run average. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. University of Minnesota Extension educator Angie Peltier says livestock producers may be more likely to incorporate cover crops on their operations. More and more people are starting to experiment with cover crops, oftentimes out of necessity. And so what we've seen is that sometimes it's the first folks that start to experiment with cover crops in a neighborhood. They tend to be uh, livestock producers because oftentimes they'll they'll be able to extend their grazing season a little bit longer, maybe not move their their herd onto hay just as quickly. Um, and then I know a lot of people are, have be, begun experimenting with cover crops even far north in far northwest Minnesota. Some producers are using cover crops to fight herbicide-resistant water hemp populations. Peltier says cover crop roots can support other organisms that support soil health. What I was focusing on here was some of the ecosystem services that the cover crop roots can provide for us below ground. So the more diverse our cover crops, cover crop mix, of species, uh, the more diverse the the bacterial and fungal populations that are that are able to be supported below ground. NDSU Extension soybean pathologist Wade Webster says Phytophthora is becoming resistant to some of the resistant varieties. Uh, this is an issue that we see in very high water soil conditions, um, something we deal with early in the season when planting into, again, those very high uh, soil moisture conditions. Um, for management of Phytophthora, the big thing is going to be genetic resistance, so making sure that we use the correct RPS genes. So primarily what we found across the United states the rps 1c and 1k are becoming primarily ineffective and so we need to more shift towards other sources of resistance such as the 3a and the 6 genes that are available uh, to us in this region other management practices may help cut down disease pressure phytophthora is only able to infect into soybeans so that is a plus we are able to rotate out this can help knock down these populations of phytophthora in the field but Unfortunately, this pathogen can survive up to about five years in those soils. So some of these shorter rotations might help reduce the pressure that we see when we plant back into soybeans. But again, it will not completely eliminate this particular disease. To produce a successful wheat crop, Westbred Wheat Commercial Lead Jeff Caselny says the crop needs to be managed throughout the season. You know, variety selection is, is key, right? Pick it the right, right genetics for the acre. Um, obviously get in at the right population 
uh, not pushing the population too high that you get lodging or, or whatever, but not too low that you can't get the yield potential, right? So, and then the fertility management, really the nitrogen, sulfur, you know, really paying attention to those, managing all your weeds. You know, I always say, hey, you know, you got X amount of potential at the beginning of the season, and every day that goes on, you're losing that, you know, if you let other factors take away that yield. Yield is a priority, but Caselny says the crop needs to be standing at harvest time. And then quality, you can't forget about quality. Spring wheat, you know, we're known for our quality, um, and we don't forget about that in our breeding program either. So we, we only advance products that we feel like are going to meet or exceed the needs of our domestic millers uh, as well as the international buyers. A bipartisan immigration bill failed this past week. American Business Immigration Coalition Director of Outreach Jim O'Neill sees this as a critical issue for agriculture. It has become so clear that this is not an issue of immigration. It's an issue of workforce and it's an issue of economic development. And then when you're talking about making sure that agriculture has the right workers, it becomes an issue of national security too. A resolution to this issue is not expected anytime soon. Especially now that we're two months into an election year, that tends to be a, a time when people are very wary of taking up issues that they see are controversial. So I don't think that there's much opportunity in this Congress, especially with such tight margins and both chambers being controlled by different parties. Uh, I don't see a pathway in this Congress. However, We'd love for folks, especially farmers, to start reaching out to your elected officials now um, and making sure that they know that this needs to be top of mind so that after elections, when the new Congress is sworn in, uh, we can hit the ground running um, and start working on legislation right away. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. BeanCon is a global event for the dry bean industry. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more. U.S. Dry Bean Council Executive Director Rebecca Bradder says that this year's BeanCon was a great success thanks in large part to the quality of speakers that they had, as well as how well dry beans are doing in the current global market. Our export numbers are good. The interest in U.S. dry beans in Mexico itself is pretty huge, and I think um, other parts of the world as well. I, you know, it's a global event. It, it's not a Mexico event per se, but I think naturally you're going to attract a lot of people from the location where you hold the event. So I, th I think all the factors kind of collided this year to create um, a really fantastic turnout. Um, our speakers were just incredibly high quality. We always try to keep the focus on what's new and innovation and how beans just continue to move into the spotlight. Bradder says that strong trade relations between the U.S. and Mexico helped in deciding where to hold this year's bean con. Mexico is our top single nation export market. It's our most important export market. If you add up all of the markets in the European Union and the U.K. on, on a good year, that, that could be larger than Mexico. But, but really, Mexico is our most important export market. You know, Mexico is our, is our top bean buyer, but I think even in Mexico, um, it's important that we bring new information about why beans are so important to Mexico because the per capita consumption of beans is decreasing in Mexico. That was U.S. Dry Bean Council Executive Director Rebecca Bradder. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Louis Dreyfus plans to build a pea protein isolate production plant in Saskatchewan. The demand for plant-based proteins is behind this decision. Construction should be complete by the end of 2025. 
Checking markets this morning, we're down a half penny for Minneapolis wheat for March at 6.83 and three quarters. The May contract a half cent higher. Chicago wheat for March down two and a quarter. Hard red winter wheat March down a penny. The corn market higher this morning. We're up two and three quarter cents for March, 4.31 and three quarters. The June uh, July contract two and a quarter higher as well. Soybeans March, 11.91 and three quarters, eight and a quarter higher. The May contract a gain of seven and three quarter cents. Checking in on the farm calendar, there is a uh, nitrogen conference going on tomorrow in St. Cloud. Topics include sugar beet nitrogen needs, manure management, mitigating nitrogen loss using cover crops, and conducting uh, your own on-farm studies. Again, that uh, nitrogen conference tomorrow taking place in St. Cloud. The Minnesota Pork Producers and the Minnesota Pork Board have their annual meetings going on today, and then Pork Congress tomorrow and Wednesday, that event taking place in Mankato. And also on the farm calendar, uh, the Farm Service Agency has a uh, ARC PLC election webinar that is scheduled for Wednesday. It is a 12 noon start you can contact your county farm service agency for more details. Farmers and others involved in ag will have an opportunity to learn more about the ARC and PLC programs and factors to consider when making elections for the 2024 crop year. Have yourself a great Monday, a great week. This is the Red River Farm Network.